This episode contains strong language. Viewer and listener discretion is advised. Welcome to episode five. Where has the time gone? They've even let us make one more than episode four. So here we are. We are sailing on the winds of fortune. It is the 22 Dropouts. We are a YouTube show and a podcast available from Acast, Spotify, or wherever else you get your podcasts from. Uh, do join us online. Do make sure that you uh, you watch the show. If you're doing the gardening or a bit of DIY, you need to block out the uh, the background noise. Make sure you catch up with all our episodes down them now throughout the lockdown. Uh, joining me on my uh, 22 tonight, we've got, uh, why is he always in the top? He's always in my top left corner. It's uh, Sam from Walter. Hey, bud. How are you doing? Hey, how are you doing? You all right, guys? Keeping well? Yeah, man. Hey. Yeah, good. You're looking, you're, looking, you're looking good tonight. You're looking a little bit um, sort of square-jawed around the whiskers now. Yeah, 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 yeah. You know, it's uh, starting to take shape, isn't it? Either that or just gravity kind of, you know... No, 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 no. It, I, I just said it was square-jawed. I didn't say it was looking in good shape, Mike. Okay, just everybody, say hello. <laughs> just, everybody, just everybody say hello to my daughter now. She just handed me a Jaffa cake. Oh, I'm, I'm not going there, mate. There's oh. far too many jokes about Jaffa cakes going on. Um, you <laughs> but yeah, how... I'll tell you when you're old enough, Chris. Don't worry about right. it. Um, yeah, when you pass, when you reach puberty, I'll explain it to you. Uh, <laughs> with this beard, I'm never fucking reaching puberty. No, without without, <laughs> without puberty, he's done it again, hasn't he? I've now got to record a viewer discretion warning because he's <laughs> we're less than ninety seconds into the podcast, and Christopher <laughs> has used the f bomb. Anyway, uh, so uh, let's go back to Malta. Uh, Sam, how, how's your weekend been, mate? Uh, aye, interesting. Um, Friday was a public holiday because it was a May Day here in Malta, so trying not to behave myself. Uh, I, but, mate, what, what's, come on, boys, boys, tell me, what's the point of a bank holiday during the bloody lockdown? Well, Seriously? yeah, I was just thinking that, to be fair. <laughs> um, where, where's your brew from tonight, or your wine? Um, well, actually, it's not wine tonight. I mean, um, my daughter decided that she'd pour too much in a glass, and she gave me half a glass, and... Uh, it's a bottle of uh, Captain Morgan Spice Wine. So. Ooh, oh, very nice. Enjoy, man. Ooh. Enjoy. Yes, yes, yes. So now we've gone from rum to ale. We're going Goes to go to water cake. and the Jaffa cake. Yeah, man. Are you <laughs> going to sit there and eat Jaffa cake all night? Are you really going to depress me? Get my, I'll get my rugby stash of Jaffa cakes out. The bag is out of the car and it's just down by my feet. Yeah, yeah but they're, they're, they're the jelly babies and the cream eggs and everything else. To be fair though, Mike, most of, most of us can actually burn it off. So it's okay. Just you wait. I seem to remember, Mr. Young Man, that somebody um, was offered a game on the Sunday but was oh, too tired to run on the Sunday and I had to do your game for you. But moving on, uh, over to Kenya. Lawrence, how are you doing, man? Throws a bomb and doesn't let the bomb go off, cheeky. <laughs> ignore, ignore him over in Malta. You just carry on. Um, can somebody just pedal harder on the bike so that Lawrence can get some more internet speed. There's the original joke. <laughs> yeah. 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 Still going. Yeah. Every, yeah. every week. Every week. How are you doing, buddy? How's it going? Yeah. Yeah, I'm doing good and I hope you're all keeping safe. I don't think we've got much choice to be fair. <laughs> <laughs> uh, so, um, which which version of water are you drinking tonight? Yeah, tonight I've actually changed from um, the place where I get it from. So I've got uh, this uh, water bottle here and still water. So basically you've got the same drink, just in a different different receptacle, haven't you? Yeah, why but you, I need why to change you my big words like receptacle? It's it's a bottle. <laughs> <laughs> Get over yourself, making yourself sound. Right, it, it's so, it's only a bottle to you because you don't know how to spell receptacle. I mean, <laughs> no, uh, no, no. I mean nothing. I mean nothing. You've been done. End of. Give over. I, I, I was finish. agreeing with you. So, I, Lawrence, I, spell receptacle. I think he's. Sam, a, I, I think he's a bit tosh. Sam. Receptacle. Sam, is there somebody in the background? You keep talking to and pointing to. No, no, that's me doing this. That you're a tosh. Snob. It's receptacle. Oh. It's a receptacle. Receptacle, yes, yeah, quite, yes. Yeah. 
You can't, you can't call it a flask or a water bottle or a container. It's a receptacle. <laughs> of course it is. Of course it is. <laughs> we can go to Kent. It's Tom. Hello. How are we doing? Yeah, I'm good, mate. Uh, and uh, no cider tonight. No cider tonight. I've been on a, a local trip down to a local brewery in Chillingstone, and I've got myself an eight-pint keg of good old Larkin. Larkin. I mean, they also gave me. A nice glass as well. Can't really see it because it's on there. Lightly. Oh, mate, it's, it's got it's uh, got one of those lips again, hasn't it? Just show us how we, show us how ni uh, how Nightingale well, uses that. Well, I see my pint and I fall asleep and it nestles gently in my in my hand there. <laughs> exactly. Right, I think me. I honestly think that it's I, look. I'm doing I'm doing Nick Tom a bit of a disservice taking the Mickey out of the fact that he might go to sleep with his beer and it's to stop it falling down. See episode three. Um, I actually think it's because while he's rocking on his dad's boat, he doesn't want it to slip out of his hand. <laughs> yeah, you, you found me out, Mike. <laughs> so, so, Tom, Tom, when are you going to give us the grand tour of the poop deck? <laughs> it, there's not much to show, unfortunately. It's, um, you know, he, he hasn't had his bonus this year, so... <laughs> <laughs> I'm, not, I'm not sure. I'm really not sure. Um, uh, and we might have to edit this bit out. I didn't realise civil servants had bonuses. Isn't that called the bribe, Tom? <laughs> yeah, I wish. <laughs> so tell us about this brew then, mate. Yeah, um, it's, I mean, Larkin's Brewery generally, a real good supporter of local rugby, support my local rugby club for many years. Um, guy. So yeah, he's a very good guy. And I say, pick up an eight pint keg. I mean, I picked this up end of last week and it's pretty much empty so making another trip hopefully this week but yeah thank you to the guys at larkins uh, and i'm sure that you're all uh, abiding by social distancing at the brewery as well of course of course uh, of course of course drinking um, and so socially distancing responsibly now christopher has gone one step further this week with his social uh -huh. distancing and beer um and he has dialed that wonderful emergency number that starts in 01785 um and he called limestone brewery for their emergency beer pack tell us all about it chris well insert vt who's the one dropping f-bombs now eh yeah, but I'm the one that's got the edit button. <laughs> There's a reason I do post-production, is I can edit out all my swear words and keep all yours in and make you look like a bad boy. Is your mummy coming, Chris? Is your mummy no, shouting sister. through the door? It's oh, my sister. Please shut up, I'm recording. No, bring her in. <laughs> you, want, you want Amy to come in? Hello. What's your name? <laughs> well, you can sibling love. Well. Look at this. You can tell which one's actually the better looking one. <laughs> why? Are you, why are you pulling down on it? It's like you're trying to make it bigger. Like he's doing this. I'm going to make it bigger. Do you know what? We're 15 minutes in and we've done fuck all yet. We're now, we're now joined by Chris's sister, Amy. Amy, we've got one question for you. I, um, and I know you're going to be honest with us. What do you think of your brother's beard? I hate it. <laughs> Is it any good? Do, do you actually think it's a real beard or has he just stuck some of his bum fluff on there? No, it is real, but I just... Matt, have you seen the little, like, fake chin strap? <laughs> <laughs> Can you just do us a quick favour and try and, you know, just double check that it is real and it's not like Santa Claus? Yeah, hold on it. <laughs> <laughs> it's real. You can leave now. Do you know what, though? Do you know what? I really, I really think that Amy, you know, we've got, Tom is called Yorkie. Um, I think Christopher is now going to be known as chin strap. Yes. <laughs> 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 anyway, <laughs> thank, thank you for joining us, Amy. If you've got something no, better no. to do, can you can... Can I have a call you... Can you all clap for me as I leave? No. Thanks, guys. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, Sam can't clap. Do that again, Sam. Anyway, anyway, Chris, uh, we're half an hour in. 
and we we still haven't got to your emergency box. Now, we've got a video of you opening your box, which we'll show in a second. But tell us tell us where it's from and what's in it. So it's from all the way in uh, Stone Staffordshire. Um, tonight I'm on the blonde the blonde ale, which is uh, Einstein, a lovely little five percent number in our lovely half pint glass with the limestone brewery logo there. You can sort of see it, and it is very nice. I came. The two pale ales and the other Einstein on Saturday. So I'm just finishing this one off, uh, and I'll be on one of the Ruby beers later. Tell us what you get in this box, then, bud. Well, I've done a video actually, Michael, of me unboxing it. So just to catch you up on the survival box from Limestone Brewery, here is the contents. So they have included two little quizzes just to keep us occupied. We've got a word search and spot the difference. Love that. Inside, there are two bags of locally sourced crisps. We have got two of their fine beer mats. There we go, from Limestone Brewery. Thank you very much. Lovely inside. There's two half pint glasses from Limestone. There we go. Lovely little glass there. And inside, there is one, two, three, four, five, six, seven, eight, nine, ten bottles of beer. You cannot complain. Uh, so first one we've got is the stone-faced uh, chewy toffee flavours from English roast malts complement bitter pine and citrus notes. Very nice. That's that one. Ooh, yes. Stone the Crows, 5.4%. Uh, this rich dark beer is carefully crafted from the finest crystal and chocolate malts. That is, oh, it is a fantastic beer. This is one of their pale ales, uh, 5%. Very nice, you'll have to give that a try. We've got Foundation Stone. This glorious golden pale ale is carefully crafted from the finest pale and crystal malts of 25 quid. And free delivery, if you're within 10 miles of stone, is an absolute steal in my eyes. Absolute world class. And I've gone for the, the Titanic beer from Stoke-on-Trent and I'm on the superb Plum Porter. If you like um, not heavy beers but fruity beers, this is definitely one, and so is the one from Limestone. And if you want to support somebody who was a good stalwart of rugby, then the guy who owns Limestone Brewery is an ex-player and uh, chairman of his local club for many, many years. Um, so that's the Limestone Brewery. And what's the, um, the web uh, address for their shop, Chris? It is uh, limestonebrewery.net. Not .co.uk, not .com, .net. Good lad. Mm -hmm. So, um, well, um, is it just me? Or does every day feel like a Sunday? I think it's going to be bad on the, uh, you know, on the bull kidneys and all the rest, and the liver, isn't it? Because, well, really, if it's Sunday, that means I'm drinking a bottle of wine nearly every day then. <laughs> but there's no urgency at all. Every day you get up and you go, right, am I working today? Am I doing this today? Uh, what am I doing today? And every day feels like Sunday. How are you guys getting on with it? How are you getting past that? Because it's doing my head in. Well, first thing I'd say, Mike, is that my Sundays are usually filled with rugby, so a Sunday is not a quiet day for me. But it's, it's, it's a quiet day during the week when I haven't got uni. <laughs> um, but yeah, it, but it, even when you definitely... go out on the roads... You yeah. go out on the roads, uh, although I, I'll be honest with you, this last week, the roads around here are, are really getting more and more and more busy. I don't know what it's like where you are, but it, it feels like people are now bored of lockdown and they're finding reasons to go out. Is that, is that the same way you guys are? Yeah, it's the same by me. I live like practically on the A34, and if I go for a run or anything, the, the amount of Which cars... nobody knows where that is. No, <laughs> It, it's a no, busy Nobody road. in Florida or Kenya or Nairobi or New Zealand know where the A34 is. Anywho, <laughs> whenever I'm going on my runs and stuff, like I'm seeing a lot more cars now compared to when lockdown first started. Lawrence, I don't suppose it's the same over in Kenya because if you get caught breaking curfew, they're going to beat you with a, a big stick or something, aren't they? <laughs> yeah. <laughs> <laughs> Not really per se, but uh, things are returning back to, to normal uh, here in Kenya, although so, there are minimum activities now from 7pm uh, onward. Does that mean you can get beer from an off-license? Actually, in the county where I'm residing, all the bars are closed. Actually, they, they, they're not allowed because if you're caught uh, actually like breaching out the gov government regulations, then you, your license can be get off from you. 
Sam, what are you doing? <laughs> Taking the piss out of me, that's what he's doing. <laughs> can, can you just lift your chin up, Sam? Sam, lift your chin up and let's see if you've got a ball patch just there. <laughs> Chris, what about yours? Fuck off. Um, Go on, you want to do it, oh, You, you want to do it. Do it for the millions and the millions. Do it for the millions and the millions. Chris's beard is a... Hashtag. That doesn't make any sense. Does that make him a dickhead? He turns up late. He turns up late and he comes in with that one liner. Fair Green play, Tom. High five to you, mate. Green is at the end with that one liner. Anyway, Lawrence, what were you saying, bud? Because I just totally interrupted you. Sorry, bud. I was actually saying in the actually most of the counties now the major count or rather cities in the country are on a partial lockdown. So uh, some business. Yoki! <laughs> Mate! Is it? I think he's just rinsed you halfway through his conversation. <laughs> I think Lawrence has just found his feet. <laughs> Did Lawrence just actually say a joke? What happened was, Lawrence said it last week, but it's only just arrived. <laughs> Anyway, it's uh, it's almost time now for our guest tonight. So we're going to take a short break. Uh, we'll be back with you right after this. And remember, please take everything we say with a pinch of salt. Don't take it too seriously. And if you do, put your head between your ass and kiss it goodbye. <laughs> because you're a big cock. <laughs> <laughs> we'll see you in a couple of minutes. When the shelves are almost empty and you can't stop thinking about that blend of hops and barley carefully crafted and slowly nurtured for a distinctive flavour, reach for your Limestone Brewery Survival Kit with 10 bottled beers, locally sourced crisps, beer mats and glasses. Buy yours now at limestonebrewery.net. That's limestone with a Y. Uh, welcome back to the 22 Dropouts, a YouTube show and a podcast. Uh, my name's Mike. I'm one of the 22 tonight. We've got joining us all the way from Malta, Sam. We've got Chinstrap over in uh, in the Midlands. Uh, Lawrence, thank you, Chinstrap. We've got Lawrence over in Kenya. Uh, Tom on his daddy's boat on the Medway somewhere. And now joining us live from British Columbia. Apparently this is on the west coast of Canada, so he says. It's the only full-time MLR referee, the referee development manager for British Columbia in Canada. It's Chris Asmus. Chris, how are you doing, mate? Good, good. Thanks for having me. Uh, hey, anytime, mate. Anytime. Now, obviously it's a little bit early in the morning there, so we won't ask you what beer you're drinking. Uh, what type of coffee have you got to this morning? Uh, I've got my uh, Lavazza espresso made with my fantastic uh, $150 Cuisinart espresso machine. So uh, <laughs> just just remind me, hang on, where's my phone? Uh, 150 Canadians, about £12.50 over here. Yeah, and a couple of pence, yeah. Um, well, Chris, here's to you uh, with your espresso and my beer, and it's a pleasure to have you on board, mate. Can I just say, I think it's sacrilegious that two weeks in a row we've had guests with proper beer. Listen, chin strap. Bomb fluff. Bomb fluff chin strap. <laughs> we were being nice. As a collective, we all made, went on Messenger this morning and we said there's no more taking the piss at a chin strap to chin strap because it's just, it's not cricket. But I'm just going to do a quick scroll now. Um, we've got over, I, I had a shave this morning, otherwise my two days growth would be better than yours. Um, in Malta, we're going to have a look at Sam's, uh, Sam's beard. Sam, show your beard off. Thank you very much, don't it, milk it. it, it in it, Canada, it, it, we're, going to see, we're going to see Chris's beard. Look at that. He's yeah, got he's got more on his hair on, on look, there's more there's more beard and he's quiff than there is anywhere else. Um, Lawrence, Lawrence has got more beard and he's never shaved in his life. That's true. Uh, and Tom's got more beard in his dimples than you have. So, chin strap, we are now officially as the twenty-two, we are giving you permission to shave tomorrow. No, 
No, no, no. Yeah. no. Chin strap remains, though. The name chin strap remains to remind you. I don't you care. Of the I don't care. I just want it gone. I just want, I just want rid of it in this place. If it seems off, we're going to see double chin now. No. That's going to make so, Chris, um, did you ever struggle growing the beard in Canada like Chris does in Stoke? Yeah, usually uh, I would try to get it in and think, oh, this Saturday is going to be the week. I'm going to, I'm going to rock up with the with the beard, but uh, usually I get advice from my better half about uh, half half seven on, on Friday evening to shave it off. So it never never got a chance to grow it in. But this, uh, this lockdown is, uh, has given me that opportunity. So uh, yeah, it's, uh, it's I think, what are we, eight weeks in counting. Lockdown's the perfect excuse for everything. I don't have to paint the lounge because I've got so many jobs that she's given me in the garden. I can keep putting those off. Um, it, it, it's given me an excuse to go running down the towpath of the canal because I've got nothing else to do either. Uh, apart from the air, I was a work I have to do every bloody day, seven days a week. Oh, these, these must be dire circumstances then, Mike. I was going late. You never go for a run. He never, he's never went for a run in his life. Uh, Chris, uh, chin strap. That's simply because I am quick enough and fast enough and fit enough for... <sighs> game rugby rather than just running up and down in a straight line. And then we're constantly screen. Can I remind you that every time we worked on the line together, I would still beat you back to the 22. Bullshit. <coughs> <laughs> <laughs> Sorry. I call on Newark Rugby Club to testify whether I beat Christopher or not, because that was the it's most funny, interesting they were part of that game. About, they were more concerned about our race to the sideline than they were the actual rugby. It was quite embarrassing. <laughs> so, Chris, um, uh, we've, we've talked about drinking. We've ripped the miskey out of, uh, of Chinstrap's beard. Um, the fact that Tom, Tom lives on the boat. Uh, Lawrence can't get a beer, otherwise some policeman come and beat him with a big stick. Uh, and Sam is turned into a vampire tonight, wearing black and purple with a with a light behind him. What are you lot doing this for? You <laughs> can't It gets worse every time. Every, every I get time worse it gets every worse. week. Uh, with, with that in mind, Chris, uh, what what um, what foul deeds might the Mounties get up to if you break your curfew or lockdown? Uh, we're, we're actually quite fortunate. We. Uh, and we never went into full lockdown, so we've just uh, been implementing social distancing, so that two-meter rule. Uh, most people are pretty respectful of it, and uh, yeah, we're fortunate to be about 200 meters from Stanley Park, so we, we walk around, and they've actually shut the, the park off to vehicle traffic, so people can spread out a little bit. Uh, uh, there are some police with horses, though. And well, it's they're, Canada. They're supposed they're, to be on horses, aren't they? Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> Seriously, mate. Um, we, we were talking earlier on. Every day sort of feels like it's like Groundhog Day at the moment. Every day either feels like a Sunday or a Monday or whatever. Um, how are you guys, you and Shandy, getting through this and actually putting some variety in in your everyday life? Yeah, we we're quite competitive people, so uh, every day is a is a new new contest, so to speak. So uh, uh, <laughs> Mondays we. Uh, uh, we have an arm wrestling competition, and I, I, I barely squeak it out over, over Shanda. And for, for those who don't know Shanda, she's uh, 50. Four, four foot two. <laughs> Soaking. <laughs> uh, yeah, no, we, we find little things to do. It's, um, I've, I, run, I run a fair bit of webinars and, and you know, make some video content and stuff for people to, to keep sharp with, uh, with rugby and, and refereeing. But, uh, yeah, we, um, we eat pizza on Fridays, and uh, last night we just finished watching... <laughs> Every week, every <laughs> week, every week, Sam, she's in the show. Normally, you just hear the sound rustling in the background, and Sam looking at her. This week, we've actually seen her. <laughs> Sam. Yeah, hashtag Lawrence, go for it. You're a <laughs> cock. <laughs> oh, that was perfect. That was perfect. Yeah, so, um, uh, this interview is not going the way I wanted it to, but it's going better, so that's all okay. We were going to talk about rugby, but nobody cares anymore. I mean, rugby is a thing of the past, as, as you said earlier. Um, just turn around for me, will you? Grab one of those things that, with the stringies on, on the wall. Oh, it's called a guitar. <laughs> 
I don't, I don't know. If you don't, if you don't blow it, I don't know what it is. I'm, and I'm not whoa, being rude. Whoa, whoa, whoa. You got Yorkie excited now, Michael. <laughs> so, Chris, the floor is yours. Bangers out of tune. He's bottled it. He's bottled it already. Where's he oh, gone? Oh no, he's a pro. He's a pro. I heard there's a band of Wonderwall. If if you are a a young man when lockdown is over and there's one song you want to learn in in order to increase your uh, your courting abilities, I would I would highly recommend this one. Christopher, take note. <laughs> Chin strap, you're single and a virgin. <laughs> not a virgin. Can we just say I'm not a virgin? Can we just play this song? <laughs> one then, Chris. Go for it, Billy. Two, three, four. 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 Two, three, <laughs> so, Chris, Chris, the stage is yours. I'll edit in the crap from Europe later, but we <laughs> want to hear your dulcet tones for the next 30 seconds on your own. It's okay, uh, Lawrence is still waiting for you to start the first time round. <laughs> 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 British lad oh. culture right there. Like <laughs> Mancunian lads who think they're edgy. Like, oh, hey, hey, chin strap, chin strap. Chin strap, with all this, with all you going like this, now I know why you're single. Wait, I, I one of the best nights I've had in a long, long time was that night, mate. The, the, the guy from the security, I think, came and chapped on your door. <laughs> <laughs> Shanda was already in bed, like for an hour, and the door got knocked. We're all singing in China and all the rest of it. He's going crazy on the guitar. And um, the, the guy comes chapping and everybody goes silent. And then all you hear is Shanda and a little voice going, that ain't me, guys. Wait, switch the lights off, everybody. <laughs> and we, we, thought, uh, we thought she was taking the mickey a little bit, knocking on the door to make it sound like someone was, was out front. Yeah. And sure enough, stuck, stuck the eye through the hole and it was... Uh, Security guard. So yeah. I felt, uh, yeah, I felt like back in the uni dorm days. Anywho, anywho, um, anywho. So, uh, Chris, uh, tell us a little bit more about um, what your day job is and how how it works for you within Rugby Canada and how you manage to keep that within um, uh, within the MLR as well. Yeah, it's, uh, my title shifted uh, last year from, I was, my own title was officials development officer, so I looked after um, referee development. Now I'm uh, responsible for rugby education, so uh, the training and education and development of coaches, uh, referees, and, and also CMOs. Um, so, you know, fair, fair bit of planning, and uh, I was a teacher before, so uh, no, no stranger to, to planning out curriculum and, and, you know, over periods of time. 
Um, yeah, and then I get to do a lot of on-field work as well with, um, you know, with new referees and with, and with uh, coaches on the field and with teams. Um, and I also get to, to referee a fair bit myself uh, uh, during the week to stay sharp for the weekend. And um, yeah, and then uh, uh, involved with Major League Rugby. Um, uh, unfortunately, the season got cut short uh, in, in a couple of ways. I picked up a bit of an injury, uh, so I missed out on, on one game, which actually would have been my last ever game in, uh, in Glendale, Colorado, because, uh, of course, the Colorado Raptors um, announced their, their, they've withdrawn from Major League Rugby. But uh, uh, next year, there are uh, two more teams coming to the fold, I believe uh, Los Angeles and Dallas. And there's talk of, uh, of another franchise in Miami, which would bring us up to 14 teams. So that's uh, um, that, pretty Yeah, there was, there was talk of either going down another one or bringing two up. So I'm really yeah. glad that we've got two more coming up. That That's really, really positive for MLR. Yeah, yeah. obviously it's in its infancy, but uh, uh, George Killebrew, who's the the commissioner, he's come over from from basketball. So he's no stranger to uh, to sport business. And, and the nice thing was that they retained all the players. They retained us. Now, um, referees, realistically, we're not much different to players. We're all a little bit competitive, probably a little bit over-competitive. How have you found it, being a Canadian working in the MLR, which is predominantly USA, where they are working very hard but struggling for any sort of governance at the moment, they have been for a couple of years, um, particularly around officiating, where you're the only professional referee in inverted commas uh, and there's plenty of them that want to be over there and it's just not a possibility yeah it, it could be a bit challenging uh you know whatever level you're refereeing in, in north america whether you're, you're refereeing in mlr or trying to work your way up to it um you know it, it you have to find the time you have to you know you hold down your job and, and you and you find uh you find the time and, and you try to try to get better with each opportunity but uh yeah, I mean, for me, I'm, I'm fortunate. There's, uh, there's one more Canadian, actually, that, that has started, um, uh, Talal Chaudhry, uh, otherwise known as Mo. He's he's out of Ontario, so a lot of people think we're neighbours. Um, it's actually a four and a half hour. <laughs> <laughs> okay, okay, four and a half hours is local, isn't it? Yeah, yeah. <laughs> yeah he's, uh, he's three time zones away, but uh, yeah, so Mo, Mo's doing good work. And uh, we've got uh, an up-and-comer in Alberta called Robin Kluzniak, who's... Uh, he hasn't got his first uh, gig with the whistle yet, but he's been on the line a few times, and, and I'm sure it won't be long. And um, yeah, so there's three of us now. And, and the the interesting thing we had, we had a um, uh, a conference, a preseason conference, where we got together and did some fitness testing and all that, and we met a few of the coaches, which was uh, we we found that quite valuable. But uh, one of the um, uh, selection, uh, I guess, board members. Uh, Jeremy Turner, who's also involved with the ownership group, said something very interesting. And he said, you know, the time for, um, you know, uh, borders and geographic restrictions is, is, is done in North American rugby. And, and, and that's, you know, the state of, of uh, unfortunately, USA rugby being, uh, being in Chapter 11. And, uh, you know, Rugby Canada still, you know, financial, financials are, are a struggle at the moment with the current situation. So, I mean, this was pre-COVID, so now more than ever, I think um, you know we need to work together. And with with platforms, you know, like like Zoom and and you know MS Teams and all that, we can we can remove a lot of those borders, and and uh, you know we can reserve the travel for uh, for game time. So I think the way everything's set up is if you know if if you're willing and if if there's talent, you know uh, there could be opportunities. Yeah, it, it is a challenge, but like anything, I mean, it's same when you're coming through the divisions in. Uh, in the RFU, you know, I was I was in England um, 20, 2010 through twenty twelve, and uh, yeah, it, you know, it's 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 hard work when you're having to hold down a job and uh, and go through the divisions and, and you know travel a lot on the train to from ground to ground. So just remind us, whereabout were you when you refereed in England? Uh, I was uh, I was based uh, actually very very close to to Twickenham. I was. Uh, oh no 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 no! That's it. He's London Society. Turn him off. <laughs> <laughs> oh, another London referee. Of course. Uh, I, uh, I a with, uh, with a guy called Michael Tuddy, who's uh, I believe he's. Uh, oh, oh no! Mate, mate. Uh, everybody here, everybody here, Tutty. 
everybody here, apart from Lawrence, but the rest of us all know Tutti. We've worked with him before. So um, let's do a little bit of a, a hug because we know Tutti likes hugs. Let's do some love and hugs for Tutti. So, so, love so, so. and hugs for Tutti. <laughs> Tom, love and hugs for Tutti. That's <laughs> <laughs> about more physical contact than I've ever seen. Tom. Yeah, I was just going to say, you know, obviously refereeing within the uh, MLR, um, there's going to be a lot of travel going about to places. So does that take up like a lot of your time? Yeah, it's, uh, it, it is a big time uh, demand, it, depending on where you're going. I mean, I'm fortunate Seattle uh, and the Seawolves are, are about a two-hour drive south. So that's a, that's a pretty easy one for me. Just hop over the border. Traveling in the U.S. is not like traveling in Canada. You know, we've got two airlines to choose from. So, you know, it's WestJet or Canada and that's it. The U.S. has so many options and they could easily have us go through four or five different connections and do it for 50 bucks. But uh, uh, they want us arriving in one piece. So uh, most of the time, Tom, we would leave on a, on a Friday evening or a Friday late afternoon and we'd arrive... Uh, you know, in the evening and if for, you know, Saturday kickoff, so we get a good night's rest and away we go. Um, you know, but a lot of games now are, are Sunday evenings because uh, that's a, a key um, uh, time slot for TV. So that would be often the same, you know, a late Friday, early Saturday. And it is a part of our, um, our weekly planning with our fitness as well as, you know, where are we traveling to? Um, how many hours have we got to sit on the plane? And, you know, I'm, I'm, uh, I'm about six foot three and, and a bit. So uh, those economy seats... Uh, yeah, you have to plan for that for sure. I, I remember quite well, you know, traveling uh, on the slow train because I couldn't afford the express routes. But uh, yeah, <laughs> time you have, uh, you're traveling to a game, whether you're driving, jumping on a train or a plane, uh, you know, you, you really have to do it because you love it. Um, just very quickly, Chris, for me, how do you think the MLR is coping with competing against, you know, like the NFL, the NBA, uh, hockey and baseball? Well, we're quite lucky because we sit in a, in a window. So usually we start in, in February and we, we finish in July. So we don't compete with the NFL because, as we know, they own a day of the week um, and not just in, in the U.S. around the world. Um, so, I mean, and Major League Baseball really doesn't kick off until, uh, until April. Uh, you know, basketball, hockey, um, Friday, Saturday evenings are, are, the, are the big nights for them. And um, so we are lucky in that regard. And, um, What's hopefully coming down the, the chain for all rugby is, um, uh, you know, a more comprehensive platform where, we're, where we can watch, you know, multiple games at the same time and, and access everything in one place. And um, I know rugby is uh, talking about that in various competitions around the world. So um, hopefully we can get on top of that because, yeah, you know, like you say, if we try to do the same thing that other sports are doing, uh, we're just not going to survive. Just wanted to ask, Chris, the, um, the Vancouver Sevens Invitational that you run and set up, mate, how many years has that been going now? Yeah, I think, uh, you know, obviously the, the, the Canada Sevens at BC Place has, has grown as well in, in, in size and in scope. Um, when, when the Invitational started in, uh, I believe it was 2016 or 2015, I was refereeing at the tournament um, and, and I quite enjoyed it. But what I found the tournament was it was not that dissimilar to Dubai, very, very scaled down version, but tournaments like Dubai, you know, you're never going to compete with the quality of the sides they have there because it's, it's an iconic, you know. And they have sun, they have 20, 30, 35 degrees and you have frost. Yes. Frost and rain. <laughs> <laughs> so we'll never compete. But what I found was we, you know, we had at that time, it was building to the Olympics. So we had, uh, Team GB women were there. The Welsh women were there separately uh, with a younger team building towards 2020. Uh, we had the South African development sides here. So we had all these top quality sides and it really, it just looked like a scaled down version of, of one of the bigger tournaments. So what we did was we decided to modify that and, and it reach out to teams like collegiate sides in the US or, or smaller emerging nations. And what that did was it allowed our emerging players uh, within our provincial structure and our academy players to have a go against people their age, you know, 20 to 25 years of age, and, uh, you know, play alongside, you know, some of the best under-16s and under-18s players. It created a meaningful competition where in each division, you know, every game was close, every game was tight, and the, the you know, word spread. And then the referees started to come in. It wasn't necessarily referees who wanted to, you know, referee the best teams, but what you're going to get is you're going to get video every game. You're going to get coaching every game. You're going to work with the same 
team of, of four people through two days and, and you're going to get better as a team. And that's one of what we've been able to do is set up, you know, the VSI is, you know, it's, it's that team culture. Of course, a lot, a lot of the boys who um, aren't doing uh, sideline roles at, at the big dance uh, on Saturday, Sunday, you know, they get, they get a ticket to the team and, uh, and get to, you know, hoist a few with their mates and, uh, you know, watch, watch some of the best sevens uh, in the world. I was lucky enough to get to get picked up on the, the series after shortly after uh, refereeing in Dubai. And uh, yeah, I met some interesting people and some that are you know now getting to work in rugby as well. Uh, you had uh, Anthony Petri on uh, your, your yeah. last show, was it? That's right, yeah. Uh, oh, you've so watched, you watched one of our shows then, have you? Yeah, yeah, yeah. I've, uh, I've watched a couple of them. So yeah. But... And you actually came on as well. I'm impressed. Thank you. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, no, I, I do a lot of... Um, when I'm, you know, what, what um, voluntary stuff, work, but, working, but, working with the afflicted. That's why you've come on our show. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. Yeah. That's, that's what, uh, that's what Shannon and I uh, consider talking to our parents sometimes, but uh, you know, it's gotta be done. <laughs> <laughs> oh, I'm going to clip that. and I'm going to send yeah. it to your mum and dad. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> yeah. Oh, yeah. Yesterday we were reminded we, uh, we rang up my uh, my parents, and uh, our our parents are on the eastern part of the country, so the different time zone. And my my mom will often ring up at six six or half six in the morning, and uh, so we rang we rang her up for a change yesterday, and she said it's been two weeks. That was her opening statement. So uh, yeah. <laughs> well, Chris, you're probably the most entertaining guest we've had so far in the fact that you can do something other than blow a whistle, you can play guitar. Um, so uh, we're just going to take a, a short break now, make sure that Chris gets another espresso uh, and we get another beer. Uh, we'll be back right after this. When you need clear and concise match official communication systems, look no further than the brand new AxiWe AT350. Radios are always that they're always useful, they always help us, especially activities where all three of us can be open at any time and can have open communication. Available now from refcomsglobal.net. Investing profits into match official development worldwide. Welcome back to the 22 Dropouts. We are a YouTube show and a podcast. Uh, strangely enough, we're available on YouTube and we're available wherever you get your podcasts. Don't forget to connect with us on social media, Twitter, Instagram, and Facebook. Just search at 22 Dropouts. Now, tonight we've been joined by Chris Asmus, the uh, uh, development manager from British Columbia. That's on the West Coast, he tells me, in Canada. Because, of course, we all think that they're next to one another. Uh, and the guy over in Ontario must be his neighbour. Um, uh, so, uh, Chris has been entertaining us with his guitar, with his stories. Um, there's two things we haven't asked Chris. First of all, Chris, everybody seems to use me as a scapegoat for their funny stories and their embarrassing moments. The great news is... As yet, we've not worked with each other. So I'm going to ask you for a really embarrassing moment from your refereeing career. And you can't feature me. <laughs> Jeez, uh, where do I start? But uh, <laughs> yeah, it's, uh, it's, it's funny, uh, funny you should mention that. The, um, one, one, of the, one of the big ones actually uh, is the first time I met um, Scott Green, who's uh, the, the referee who uh, did the last two MLR finals. Um, we were... Um, we were down in Texas and I was refereeing uh, Argentina against uh, the USA in Houston. And um, Scott was the, uh, was the technical zone manager. And there was, you know, it was you know, first international of the season. And, and, you know, I, I get nervous before a local game, let alone, uh, let alone a big one. So we're about to head onto the field and um, you know, everything's good doing the final comms checks and all that, uh, you know, match commissioner knocks on the door and that's the thing. So we're, we're walking down the tunnel. And then one of the players, uh, and I believe it was Blaine Scully, who's recently retired um, uh, Eagles uh, winger and captain, and played for Cardiff Blues as well. And mm. he just kind of looks down and goes like, Chris, something's wrong. And we're, we're literally ready to run out um, and, you know, for all the anthems and all that. And um, I had my trainers on. And it was, you know, <laughs> for, for those of you who don't know Houston, uh, it's, it's quite humid at, at the best of times. And... Um, 
you know, the grass was, was quite wet. So you had that moment of thought going, do I fake my way through the first half wearing my, you know, ASICS trainers um, or do I, do I go back? So sure enough, I, I sprint back into the, into the change room and my, uh, my boots uh, hadn't been cleaned. Um, I, I threw them in my, my bag last minute and uh, they were full of double knots. So I'm gnawing on this thing. And then uh, <laughs> the uh, stadium manager comes in and goes, oh, is everything okay? And I said, get, get me hand with this. So I, um, I had a young lady help put my boots on. And then I heard the, the first national anthem. And, I, and then there's that debate. Do I go out there for the Star Spangled Banner or do I stay, stay here? And um, yeah, it was quite good the way the, the referees lined up. The ARs lined up and Scott just kind of, slid in and you know stood there and, and he you know took the tracksuit jacket off and just looked natural and by the time I got my boots on I was able to blow the whistle and start the game it was uh uh fantastic um and uh, oh mate he's got, he's got you out of the crap there hasn't he I hope you bought him a beer after that to be yeah, fair mate yeah. to be fair I know exactly how you feel well I don't but I wore trainers and it's <laughs> <laughs> the pitch was the, the pitch was really hard, but then it decided to start raining halfway through the second half. Oh, no. So I'm there wearing trainers. Um, sniper rifle gets me, you know, as it always does when I'm in a team of three. Uh, so you made the right decision putting boots on, mate. I won't lie. Uh, I'll tell you what. I was doing a game last season, and um, I, I wear under socks and then calf supports, which are black. And now his socks are black. Uh, and I managed to get to a couple of minutes before kickoff. Took my trainers off, put my boots on, and was just walking down the tunnel to get the team out when I realised I had no socks on. I just had black calf supports on, and I ran all the way back into the change room, and I went made the teams wait. <laughs> So, anyway, um, one of the best parts, of, allegedly, of our show is the rumour mill. Um, I'm not allowed to do a funny voice because everybody takes the mickey out of me if I do. Um, a bit, like, yeah, 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 absolutely. Um, so, we always put the guest on the spot and we always start with them. Uh, now, you've got a lot of lift to up to now, Chris, because last week, uh, Anthony, who you mentioned earlier, uh, was on the show. And he came up with a corker. It could potentially be true. Uh, but the fact that um, Australia rugby can't afford Eddie Jones probably mean, and they can't even afford to pay the cleaners at the moment or buy a toilet roll. Um, so it probably means that rumour will not come true and that Eddie Jones will not leave England and go to Australia. So how can you top that in a... We, we don't expect the rumours to come true, but we do expect them to be somewhere this side of fantasy. So what have you got? What have you heard? And what could possibly happen in the world of rugby that nobody else other than Chris knows about? Chris, it's over to you. Recently, we, the, we uh, saw that election uh, for the chairmanship of, uh, of World Rugby. And uh, uh, Gus Pichot, who uh, was heavily favoured in, in a lot of the uh, emerging nations and, and in the Americas, um, obviously lost out to, uh, to the incumbent, uh, Sir Bill Beaumont. And one of the, uh, the things I've heard is that, uh, potentially, um, the New Zealand rugby union, um, and a couple of the South American unions have, um, indicated they may withdraw from world rugby. Wow. Uh, um, you know, a, a, an alternative union. I don't know if they'll go play rugby league, but, uh, yeah, it is something that uh, I heard mentioned. I uh, don't know enough about it to offer an informed opinion, but uh, yeah, it's a... Uh, we don't want informed opinions. We just want rumours. And when you watch this show, you'll see there's a little screen that says 100% of these rumours may or may not be true. Be fair, that's it. a pretty and juicy rumour. It's a pretty, pretty juicy, juicy rumour. And, uh, and the world of rugby, just remember, you heard it here first. That's interesting, though, because what does that mean in terms of referees? And what does that mean in terms of their world rugby funding? And there's a lot of questions. About <laughs> what funding? Well, that's, 
New Zealand. Where, New Zealand. Where's last time you had a paycheck from World Rugby? It's a rumor, remember. <laughs> it's not fact. It's rumor, Chris. <laughs> <laughs> We're we're going to go over to uh, to Lawrence over in Canada for his Lawrence in Canada. <laughs> Lawrence, Lawrence in Canada. Oh. Lawrence is new. There it goes. Blooper edit cop, copy paste. Hey, listen, I'm not cutting that you out. Lose. I'm not cutting that out. Yeah, Chris, did you Bustle, just do the big Bustle, thing for family fortunes? I uh, I was just a Lawrence. Keep up after. Africa. I'm not doing this for fun. Say the words. Oh, say the words. Thank you. God, that's like pulling teeth. Uh, anyway, Lawrence in Kenya. It, look, it sounds the same. Canada, Kenya. Come on, Lawrence. Get me, dig me out of the shit, will you, lad, and come up with a really good rumour. Okay, so there's a rumour going around that rugby could be blocked from Olympics. This is after accusations of... Uh, actually uh, discriminations and homophobia which were made against Fiji Rugby Union Chief uh, Francis Kin, who is also a convicted killer um, at the World Rugby elections, uh, which was vying a, a seat for the World Rugby Executive. So the Pacific Welfare CEO, Dan Leo, has called for an in investigation uh, by World Rugby, which said he could ask the uh, Olympic Committee to, spend, to suspend rugby from the Olympics uh, if action is not taken, of which now uh, Francis King actually um, sort of breached the International Olympics Committee uh, Code of Ethics. There's been a little bit of a spat on Twitter between him and Mike Friday. Obviously, Mike Friday is heavily involved in Bevan's uh, Open States, as you know. Um, and whilst he, he may well have a point, and one of the things I read was that he's, he's doing this as a precursor to get people to, to sit up and, and take notice, raw, uh, in the hope that the Olympic Commission will say, right, we want an official investigation to make sure that the sport and the governance is fit and proper as they call it, uh, to run the sport, which means that they would have to put their house in order before being uh, involved in the next Olympics. Um, it's, a, it's a tricky, it, for me, that's a really, really tricky situation. I, I can see what, where he's coming from. Uh, I can see that, that the point he's trying to make, but oh, that's a big gamble, isn't it? Um, to, to come out and say, uh, I'm reporting you to the Olympic. Chris, what's what? What's your thoughts on that? You've got to unmute your um, your screen first. <laughs> Sorry, I just thought I'd catch you out there, mate. <laughs> yeah, I, I did hear of the, um, the allegations um, involving the the Fijian uh, delegate, but uh, yeah, I would. I, I'm quite shocked that uh, yeah, it's gone that far. But it do, it does make sense because the the IOC. Um, Obviously, had to had to do some work uh, reconcil reconciling another nation involved in in the Olympics in the past around uh, uh, discrimination, homophobia, and the like. So uh, it's, it's a bit unfortunate because, uh, in so many ways, rugby is a, you know a trailblazer in that in that area, and we we've worked really hard to to make our sport inclusive. But uh, yeah, uh, a massive blow it would be if uh, if, if the Olympic status would would be in jeopardy. Chinstrap, what have you got tonight? So obviously, um, in South Africa, they um, obviously they're in lockdown. They're, they're participants in the um, Super Rugby League, as well as Australia and New Zealand, who have coped with the situation quite well. Now, there are talks, and a, a key spokesman of this is the Brumbies coach, Dan McKellar, saying that they could cut out South Africa and Argentina in the Super Rugby League and include Japan instead. Mainly all to do with funding, to be honest. Obviously, we've seen that um, South African players have been given this 20, 21 days uh, to go out and seek uh, new contracts in Europe and in different countries just to try and get less money in South Africa. So that could leave South Africa up Watch It Creek without a paddle. Really? <laughs> no, I, I, I'm... 
I'm going to throw something out here. Because um, last week we talked about... Sorry, uh, Last week we talked about resetting rugby and what would happen if we could press Control-Alt-Delete at the end of all this uh, and have something new. With that in mind and everything else and COVID and all that sort of stuff in mind, who seriously believes having a league that runs from Argentina all the way around the Southern Hemisphere to New Zealand is a good idea. So that'll be nobody then. Thank you, boys. You know, it it gives Argentina the the, the chance to be involved in one of the biggest leagues in the world. Okay. Um, No, I agree with you. I agree with you. Take that away, though. Argentina are always going to be in this It's a logistical nightmare. It's a logistical nightmare. Yeah, exactly. Let's take Argentina and say they're always going to be within that, that group. But instead of running it, Southern Hemisphere, Northern Hemisphere, what about, as has been muted in the past, we run it in time slots around the world? Because time goes that way, not that way. So Argentina would be within Canada, USA, uh, and maybe others over there. Japan would fall in New Zealand and Australia and um, South Africa would fall within a couple of hours of us. So in terms of just purely time zone and traveling, doesn't that make sense? Well, there is now, there is talk sort of in this rumor. So obviously we'd have the, um, the sort of Tamsin League, which would be New Zealand and Australia with Japan thrown in for good measure. Um, but there's also talks of 2021 there being an Inter-South Africa Super Rugby Conference tournament with the Cheetahs and the Kings thrown in uh, from Argentina, which makes more sense time zone-wise. And just, um, which so, I think so is Chris, a good idea, but, you know, it, sort of, it doesn't leave the teams in South Africa and Argentina a great scope, and it doesn't leave them with lots of competition like the Super Rugby League does. So, Chris... Um, how would you guys feel if a, a couple of top Argentinian teams suddenly joined the MLR, had sort of the America's Cup? How would that sort of fit with you? Well, it's it's at the moment it's it's interesting because we have quite a few um, uh, Argentinian, uh, Uruguayan, uh, Chilean players uh, in in the various MLR franchises. Uh, you know, the, the Toronto Arrows, based in Canada. Um, you know, they're key members of their back three, uh, you know, Uruguayan. But um, they this year, they recently started, and, and unfortunately didn't go very far, but the uh, uh, they had a, a Super League Americana uh, competition that was um, designed to be... I hope Kinstrap's gone for another wee-wee. <laughs> uh, if you go for a wee-wee, we talk about you. Um, so let's talk about his shit beard. Okay, we've done that. Back to Chris. Well, I, I, I trust me, Sam. But no, I'm not one to talk on on that subject. But uh, <laughs> yeah, the the uh, so there there's a, a 17 competition that that started up in South America. Um, they they are I, I hear the plan is to align long term with uh, with MLR and then have some uh, joint competition for the for the top uh, sides in each. Um, but you, you know, people don't realize even 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 though we're on the same. Uh, you know, more or less the same time zone as one of the South American cities. The distance is incredible uh, yeah. between here and uh, you know. I've I've traveled to Montevideo and, and Buenos Aires and uh, Santiago del Chile before, and and you know you're you're looking at a you know 20 hour day of travel. So uh, it, it it baffles me um, how you know the the Jaguares are able to sustain their travel, but and I, and I know they manage it. They they, they take it in you know, three to five week tours, but, uh, uh, you know, it, it's a tough one because South America needs high performance involvement somewhere. Uh, but whether you get that in, in South Africa or whether you get that in, uh, you know, joining up with, with the, you know, New Zealand and Australia, I don't know, but, uh, you know, for, for us, it's obviously really good to have Argentina involved the America's rugby championship, uh, started in, in, uh, 2015 and, and, you know, having Argentina, the Argentinian 15 in there has been really, really good for our development because it gets us, um, you know, even though it's not their top side, um, you know, more opportunities to get reps against um, quality players. And, and they've got so many. And it's not just Argentina. Uh, you know, the, there are Colombians playing in, in top-level rugby in Europe now, which is which is fantastic. Yeah. So um, the solution is not an easy one, but I, I do enjoy watching Super Rugby. And, and you know, I, I don't see it. You're uh, the only person who does. 
<laughs> yeah, well, I, I think I think all the different competitions offer offer their own. And uh, in, in refereeing, I think we, we need to challenge ourselves to watch all kinds of different rugby. But uh, but yeah, it's 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 a tough one. And and what is to you know, I heard this conversation about global games before. But how much of of the responsibility of club competitions and and professional sides is you know the clubs themselves? And how much of it is uh, falls onto the shoulders of the unions and, um, and and world rugby? Because of course, not not every competition can be uh, as successful and as logical as as what the Six Nations has become. No, absolutely. I mean, personally, I think, uh, and I take your point entirely about travel. Um, the difference between travelling north, south across North and South America is you stay on the same time zone, so therefore your uh, your jet lag. Uh, is is reduced or non-existent um tra- traveling literally halfway around the world is is got to be uh, difficult to manage um i would love to see a bulk of money being put into um uh rugby americas let's put it that way um so that canada um usa mexico argentina uruguay colombia all these places can develop a uh, at least you know in the smaller nations at least one professional team within their home nation rather than Argentinians playing in in Africa or Argentinians playing in, in Europe. So try and keep that talent within their their country, which which helps their international team because they can train more often uh, and things like that. I would love to see a, a chunk of money. So we've got MLR one maybe and MLR two. Uh, and we've got uh, two, you know, almost like um, Premiership and Championship. It's it, it's there, and there is promotion, and there is relegation, and there's funding there to help. And that funding may need to be there for ten years, but over that time, they've got to be encouraged and assisted with maintaining their own finances, developing their own sponsorship. TV rights and things like that to build them up and you will have we talk about USA as the sleeping giant we've said it on this show for uh, for the last month mainly because we've only been going for a month but there you go um, and if it ever got to be done properly in the States rugby would be a huge explosion and um, I was reading I was reading an article on LinkedIn for, from Goff um, a, a couple of days ago where yeah, thanks very much, World Rugby, for sending in more and more consultants to tell us to do more and more of the same, or you need to do this and you need to do that. It's not helping to achieve it. Just telling us we need to do something doesn't help us to achieve it. And I think the one thing that does help to achieve um, absolute success and a huge, a huge explosion of rugby in the States the one thing that's going to help is a huge impact in money. Um, and it's going to be money that's focused, that's driven, and it's got people behind it who are not coming out with ideas uh, alone, but coming out with ideas and then driving them forward. Um, Sam, Sam, what you were talking about tonight, something about the Lions. Yeah, so basically, um, obviously, you know, the, the, the Lions uh, 2021, you know, trip to South Africa, um, could be in jeopardy, you know, for the, the eight match the eight match trip would earn them like thirty million pounds, right? But with the the home nations, um, England, Wales, Scotland, and Ireland all basically sweating out whether they can play their autumn test matches, and um, plus the miss- the matches they've missed on for the Six Nations, um, due to the you know the the, the pandemic, um, if these games don't go ahead. They look like there could be like something like 80 million in the black hole. All the whole nations, and that's including England, are saying, you know, that basically they would have to reschedule the home test for 2021 because that would be the top priority. So just actually get funds back in, you know, into the into the pot. A little bit of a twist on that then. So let's say that the, the lines didn't actually go ahead, right, as in in 2021, and it gets postponed and moved to 2022, which is, there is a, a, a conversation going on about that. That brings up another kind of twist, right, because Gatlin, who's coach of the lines again for his third time, wouldn't be actually be able to coach them because his contractual obligations with the Chiefs. So there's names being touted for who would actually be coaching the Lions. So there's 
Joe Smith, Eddie Jones. <laughs> now he's going, mate. He's going to Australia. He can't do the Lions. <laughs> you, 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 you'll love the next one. Stuart Lancaster. <laughs> Get in the bin. Gregor what was Town- that, mate? Get in the bin. Gregor Townsend, Tony. <laughs> Leo Leo Cullen. Who? Leo Cullen. No, who? Exactly. All right. And uh, Mark McCall. So there's, there's quite a few. Mark people. McCall might be a good show, but I can't see it. Uh, now, um, unfortunately, I've got a couple of things but uh, about women's Six Nations scheduling and things like that. But that might keep and I can give you a little bit more of an insight next week. Um, we're running out of time tonight, but thank you very much to everybody on the 22 tonight. And I want to remember, uh, Chris, say uh, goodnight, Chris. It's a bit of a time delay, but don't worry. Um, (laughs) Now, um, many of you will know if you actually watch the show, which probably about three people and his his dog, um, that we are big exponents of the Doddy Weir Foundation. You may have seen on Friday night the the, the quiz uh, that they uh, had with Alex Payne. Now, there are quizzes every, every Friday. Uh, throughout May uh, with people like Alex Payne uh, and uh, Big Jim Hamilton um, on their YouTube channel. All you've got to do is head to my name, then the figure five, doddy.co.uk. Have a check out of their website. Have a check out of their social media channels as well. And for the price of less than a pint of beer, you can enjoy a fabulous night uh, of rugby trivia and rugby quizzes. It'll be raising a huge amount of money and awareness for the Doddy Weir Foundation and for motor neuron disease. So there is a link at the end of this uh, this show uh, and there will be a voiceover at the end for those who are just listening. But please, please, please do spare a moment and go to the Doddy Weir Foundation. If you're unsure, just Google Doddy Weir Foundation. You can find all the details there. Um, We hope that you'll support them. We actually hope that you'll support us. Uh, Never mind the Doddy Weir Foundation. Just just watch our show, please. Listen to our podcast. Uh, Tune in to us on YouTube. Uh, we're here every week. Um, sometimes we get it out on a Wednesday. Sometimes we're just a bit crap and we get it out on a Friday. Um, uh, tune into us on the podcasts, uh, Acast uh, and Spotify or wherever else you get your podcasts. Don't forget to download, catch up with all our back catalogue. And if you want to listen to uh, and watch some of the outtakes, then head to our YouTube channel when you see all the crap that we don't manage to get out on air as well. Um, Once again, thank you very much from me. Thank you very much from my 22. From all of us tonight, it's a very good night to you. Please stay safe, stay indoors, stay away from each other, and stay well. Good night, everybody. Keep up to date with all the latest developments, events and news from the Doddy Weir Foundation by going to www.myname5doddy.co.uk That's myname5doddy.co.uk